Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? Next, What's good? The next episode of the show is going to be training uh, camp. Well, your pants are already off, I can tell. Oh, they're on. I, I'm not even wearing pants. I started without them. You know, you can get away with that summer. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited about training camp. Um, not just Patriots, but everybody. You get to see those camp hype videos. Yeah. Hard knocks is back. Get hyped about every player. Oh god. Every just, rookie in existence. Just I'm gonna take my, my wife to Gillette Stadium every single night until the season starts. <laughs> She's gonna hate me. Yeah, just wait till the season starts. Watching football every day. I'm going to go to a preseason game for the Pats. Oh, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to join me? I might be down. Okay. I'm not trying to drop too much cash on that, though. <laughs> yeah. We will, I'll wait till the night before. It's 25 bucks. Yeah, exactly. I'll do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome into the podcast. I'm very excited. Football season is right around the corner. I like training camp because it starts. Like for the last couple of weeks, you know, we got a little bit of, uh, you know, with mini camps and stuff like that, we got a little bit of a teaser, but there's a month in between and players go on break and nothing happens besides people staring at a Twitter screen waiting for 30 plus days, DeAndre Hopkins to friggin' sign with a football team. Um, so that's what we've been doing for the last month, but training camp comes up. Uh, that's it. It's over. Uh, the season is starting to begin at that point, and we're actually going to get player news daily and information daily, uh, which is why we switched to three episodes uh, a week. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm very excited. But as we jump into that, today we're going to bring you our hard day. Oh, wow. Whew. Our hard draft day decisions um, that you might run into in your drafts and who we would take in these scenarios. Um, so I always like doing this as a really interesting show, see kind of, you know, test the temperature on where we are on certain players and who we would take, um, in oh. certain slots. Um, and these are particularly hard ones. Some of them are really great. Some of them are really gross. And, uh, I like all forms of it. All um, the above. All the above. So, uh, before we do that, check our website, fantasygemonies.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the journey of the podcasting platforms, please leave a review. Share this pod with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below any questions you may have for us. Um, all right. Without further ado, let's jump in. Let's get it started. Let's get it popping in here. That was very off-key. Let's know. get I, it started tonight. I'm. I shouldn't be a singer. That's that's what. I'm yeah, saying. I shouldn't either. Yeah. Um. All right. Number one on this list, and the first question that we have, um, mm-hmm. is uh, CD Lamb, mm-hmm. who is currently who is currently on Slipa, the ADP of twelve, or okay. AJ Brown, who is ADP of thirteen. So these guys are going right next to each other in drafts. Who are you taking, Rick? CeeDee Lamb or A.J. Brown? You got a gun to your head. You got one wide receiver you can take here. These are all going to be tough. There's a reason that we did this. 
with these five picks. And there's a reason that they're back-to-back in drafts, right? Mm-hmm. But gun to my head, I'm probably going to take CeeDee Lamb. Um, mm-hmm. And these are two of your guys, so I'm interested to hear what you're going to say. The reason I'm going to take CeeDee Lamb is because he had guys. a very good – last year, if you look at their stats, mm-hmm. in PPR, you know they were only two fantasy points behind each other. For real? Yep. <laughs> so these guys are neck and neck yeah. for a reason. They virtually put up the same fantasy numbers. CD Lamb, I think, had 301 in PPR, and AJ Brown was at 299. So they're right there. But the reason I take um, CD Lamb to me is uh, some Dak Prescott improvements and some Cowboys passing offense improvements. Uh, the Cowboys' offense last year was actually not amazing. They were they were okay, but their rushing was really good. But their passing offense. Um, was kind of down mm-hmm. than it was in previous years. Uh, as a team, they did not reach 4,000 yards, uh, and they had 28 touchdowns, which included Cooper Rush's stretch. Uh, and the year before that, I believe Dak was at, um, yeah, the team as a total, which also inc- included some Cooper Rush, but as a total, they're at 4,900 yards mm-hmm. and 40 passing touchdowns. So, Last year was a really down year for them, and CeeDee Lamb still put up pretty big numbers. He's a dog. He's a dog, yeah. So I'm going to be willing to take that. One thing that does, you know, concern, does, it doesn't concern me, but it concerns me in this conversation um, is they did add Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. So I think there there's some targets that are going to go to his way, but it's not going to be enough that really affects CeeDee Lamb. So I'll still take Lamb over AJ Brown, but they are, I think, back to back in my rankings as well. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's a landslide, which none of these guys are. CeeDee Lamb and AJ Brown are both dogs. They're both dogs. Yep. So, I mean, they're both your guys, too. My heart hurts. Uh-huh. You got to pick one to make this decision. On the expert yep. consensus, they are neck and neck right next to each other. Course. I actually have CD Lamb ranked two spots higher than AJ Brown. Oh, okay. And uh it's only because I said, you know what, Stephen Diggs? You need to take a seat. Okay, buddy. Even though I still I still like him. Not as much though. Um I think Rick, you make great points about CD. I think my main concern is not necessarily that CD can produce because I kind of hate watching Dak Prescott throw footballs. Um He's good, but like he's annoying. Like he'll throw it to the sixth guy on the depth chart twenty times uh-huh. in a game, and you'll be like, "What the it, what the hell are you doing?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's confusing. But CD always gets his targets. He always gets his share of the work. Um, the thing I don't like in this situation, the reason why AJ Brown is slightly lower, because I would say at personally, I like AJ Brown. Uh, like as a player, I like AJ. I love both of these guys. They're both like. Uh, both players have always, they're two of my favorite wide receivers in the NFL, just as players to watch. Uh, AJ Brown, I like a little bit better as a player to watch than CD Lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where it kind of hurts because I always like, if I saw CD Lamb and AJ Brown in a draft on a on the board, I'd stare at them for a very long time because I really like AJ Brown. <laughs> I'd, yeah. I'd say, screw you rankings. I'm taking my guy. And then you know, draft him uh, in the Super Bowl. You know, we're just watching the Super Bowl together. It's kind of laid back this year. We didn't really hate anyone. I mean, we always hate the Chiefs for winning, but, you know, 
Um, everyone's just uh-huh. real quiet, and AJ Brown catches a touchdown, and I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs out of nowhere in celebration for AJ Brown. I was like, my boy caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. So anyway, that that's my so you gotta get there. But the big thing with AJ Brown is targets and. Last year, A.J. Brown had 146 targets. In years past, he's been right around 110. Um, so, obviously, great news for him to get more target share. Um, but he's also competing with Devonta Smith, so I don't know if that'll change anything. But he gets 146 tar- targets, which is really good. C.D. Lamb is getting, in in his current uh, situation, please load, um, 156 targets last year. Did he play all 17? Yes, he did. So, Lamb, yeah. Yeah, so he got 156 targets, and he caught 107 passes. A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown caught 88 passes. So yeah. in a PPR league, if you're getting over 100 receptions, you're already probably going to beat out the efficiency of A.J. Brown, even if he's slightly more efficient, which he was. Um, so to me, it's like, obviously, CeeDee Lamb's going to get his. He's going to be efficient. But the type of receiver that he is is a guy that's going to get targeted a significant amount and he's going to catch a lot of passes at a more efficient rate. And in PPR leagues, I can't ignore that. So, um, CD lamb right now has to be the guy that you would take in this spot. If you're, if you're playing fantasy football smartly, um, and the no, like, like I said, these guys are even on the expert consensus. They're like one, a one B next to each other. So, um, you know, I think they're both really good. You can't really go wrong, but I do think that CD even like, if you were talking, I'm just a quick question, right? If if you were talking just sheer like ceiling for the season this year, if yep. they both played at their absolute best this year, which guy would you take? Who has the best shot of being the number one wide receiver in fantasy football this I year? I think it's C Lamb. I agree. That kind of answers the question yeah. of who you would take at the end of the day. Exactly. So CD Lamb, he's a guy. Um, that is the first question. Let's move on to the next one. Rick, uh, Jerry Judy, it is you know I didn't even find ADPs. I should probably do that before I do. But anyway, screw the ADP. Jerry Judy oh. or Christian Watson? They're both right next to each other in drafts. If you're looking for a receiver in the seventh eighth round, that's generally where you're gonna find. Whoa, seventh or eighth? Uh, Those guys are like fourth round, bro. Are they fourth round picks? Yeah. Dude, I'm a I'm a stone right now. Maybe fifth. I'm low. Yeah, maybe fifth. I can't see him home dog. They're fourth and underdog, but in sleeper they're fifth round. Jerry Judy and Christian Watson are at fifty five ADP. So fifty five point three for Jerry Judy, fifty five point eight for Christian Watson. <laughs> right next to each other. Oh, this is tough. This is tough. Yes, this, sir, it is. I'm looking at the list, and I knew I was. this was going to happen. I said this was the last guy. Mm-hmm. This, to me, might be the hardest one on this list for me. Interesting. I do like both guys. Okay. And in best ball drafts, I've drafted both guys. I just looked an equal amount. So that should tell you something. <laughs> I looked at my rankings. I have them back yeah. to back. Exactly. But I do have one guy who is higher than the other, and I don't know how to feel about it. Okay. And maybe projections. This is this is one where I I probably will let projections overtake my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, screw it. I'm actually going to go with the other guy. I was about to make an argument for one guy, and I just switched right before I said it. I'm going with Jerry Judy. I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. 
Um, and the reason being is because the Broncos offense was so bad last year and he still had an okay presentable season. Mm. He came on at the end of the year too, especially um, the Broncos as a team last year had, we all know how bad they were 18 passing touchdowns, 4,000 yards as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and Judy was still had a, a presentable year. He missed time last year. He missed two games. And then there was a game or two where, if you remember, he got hurt in like the first play of the game, he sprained his ankle. Yeah. Um, so he really, it was kind of like T Higgins. He really missed three games last year and he still had a hundred targets. He still was about a thousand yard receiver and six touchdowns paced out to a full season with, um, and if you also include the game, he got injured in. And if he just had a healthy 17 game season, mm-hmm. he would have had a really solid year last year. Would have been a top 20 guy. Yeah. Um, in such a horrible offense. I do believe Sean Payton, although he doesn't fix all their problems, will fix some of them in the offense. They're going to have a much better scheme. Um, I think they'll be much more efficient. Yeah. And I think those are all good things for Jerry Judy. Um, just looking at the debate here, I I just believe it or not, despite how bad the Broncos were last year, with Sean Payton there, I do feel more confident that he can turn that Broncos offense around versus Jordan Love having a really good season. I I think I'm really nervous about Jordan Love. I don't know if he'll be bad. I don't I'm not saying that he will be bad, but I just truly don't know. I don't know if he's going to be good. I don't know if he's going to be bad. And to me if he is bad, Christian Watson could still have some success, but he's not going to be that great. Um and if Jordan Love is good, then he could be great. So it's one of he's he's a very it's a very iffy pick, but so is Jerry Judy. They're both very similar in that sense. But I do, at the end of the day, it comes down to I have more confidence in Sean Payton and Russell Wilson figuring it out mm-hmm. than I do Jordan Love. Okay. Um, fair enough. I was gonna I was literally about to argue I was about to say Christian Watson right before I switched my mind. But Okay. Um Because so- I know on draft day if they were both on the board, I would take Judy. Yeah, see, that's that's an honest answer. So for me, on my rankings right now, I have Christian Watson ranked 23 at the wide receiver position. I have Jerry Judy ranked 25, two spots okay. lower. Oh, two um, spots. So I would personally take Christian Watson over Jerry Judy, and I love Jerry Judy. I think he's fantastic. I'm just concerned about the Denver Broncos. I do think that they're going to be better offensively this year than they were last year, and there's going to be a bounce back for Mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos and their players and everything. So you're going to see a little bit better uh, or an increase in efficiency and, and a better offense. But when, when I say a better offense, I'm talking about if they finish at 25, they're going to be like 18. Yeah. So like, it's not a massive increase. Judy has also had injury problems, which yes has yep. sucked for like us. And like, we want to, we want him to be this breakout. We want him to be this really good player. He is elite as a route runner uh-huh. and he has had problems with injuries. He's had problems with drops. He's had problems with bad yes. offense. And yep. so there's a lot of things going for Jerry Judy where I still want to take him. He's still fantastic. I still think he's going to be good this year. And if he stays healthy, he could, he could jump into that top 12 conversation. But to me, I think Christian Watson has a better shot of producing um, because I, I actually have I've started to pivot a little bit. I actually believe in Jordan Love. I think oh. there's some there's some good things here. I'm not, this year? I'm not pro Packer. 
But I do think Jordan Love is going to be better than people anticipate. And their schedule offensively for passing is easy. It's one of the easiest schedules in the entire league. I think they have a easy, very easy start to the season too. I could be wrong, but so I don't think they have a hard schedule in the beginning of the year. Christian Watson last year with Aaron Rodgers had a lot of success. He was really good, and Rodgers really wasn't particularly good last year, and he didn't seem to particularly care. And so, if Jordan Love, I mean, let's just quickly, I'm going to pull up Aaron Rodgers' stats last year, and I want you to tell me if he can, if Jordan Love can pull this off. Okay. 3,695 yards and 26 touchdowns. It's possible. Very possible. Now, um, I will say, outside of Christian Watson, there's not a lot there for weapons, though. Yes. The so, tight end group is rookies. Exactly. Romeo Dobbs is, you know, okay. okay. They drafted... They got uh, running backs. Reed ...in the third round. They do have running backs, but, running like, backs. that's it. They have no depth at receiver, either. So, so I... I mean, to me, I, I would say that if they throw it 550 times, Christian Watson's going to be force-fed. Right. You know, because you have those vacated targets from Alan Lazard. So it's like, That's true. if he reaches 120 to 130 targets this year, then, you know, at four, 14.5 yards per reception, he's putting up oh. well over 1,000 receiving yards. And last year he had seven receiving touchdowns. Um, right. And so it's like... For I'm me, not disagreeing with you. I, 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 think, I think he's. I think he could be. I think he could be a a really like. I, I think he has this opportunity to be this like really really good wide receiver that, like, if you had to put a gun to my head and say which guy's going to finish higher this year, it, it would have to be Christian Watson to me. Like, I I don't think Jerry G- to me like highest Christian Watson can, can go is probably like top seven or eight if you were to like max out his potential for the season max mm. for Jerry Judy to me is probably around 12 to 14. Okay. So, you know, I just, I want to go with the higher ceiling. We've seen Judy for a couple years now. It hasn't really worked. Watson had a decent rookie season. So, I mean, those, those are all good things. So I would take Christian Watson here, but it is very close. It's razor thin. It's a tough one. Yeah, and what I'll, I'll quickly just say, I, I would easily take both of them over Drake Clinton. <laughs> He's going ahead of him yeah, easily. for sure. And for I sure. honestly, this might be a hot take, right now DeAndre Hopkins is pick 47. I would rather Jerry Judy and Christian Watson than DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. That's just me. Okay. All right, let's move And on. I think you could even make the argument for, <laughs> like, I, I would push, I, I, I will be drafting both those guys. I like them both. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, T. Higgins or... Christopher Olave. And we talked about Olave on our last show. We did talk about Olave on our last show. So quickly, my rankings, um, I have T. Higgins 11, and I have Chris Olave 15. So I love Chris Olave. I think he's great. T. Higgins has been really, really good. I, I don't – I understand the, the – like, and so now I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I understand the breakout potential of Chris Olave – and I understand where he's going, yeah. which is 12. Yeah. And I do think he's a league winner and all that stuff. Um, but T Higgins has been fantastic for a couple years now. And um, last season he finished as wide receiver 18 and he missed two weeks, oh. I believe. So he's at 15 fantasy points per game, which would have put him in the conversation. He, of nine he's, the, he's the interesting one because it says he played 17 games and he technically did, 
but there's two games in the season that he did not play. He like he he was out there. He was active. Yeah. So he he was technically on the field for like one or two snaps, and then they didn't play him. Right. So he got zero fantasy points in both those games. So he really played 15 games. Yeah. Um, and still in and 15 fantasy, games. Fantasy Pros has adjusted for that. Oh, did they? Yeah, they they have a it marked out as he he didn't play in those games. He didn't participate. Yeah, but he was technically active. He had a one percent snap percentage <laughs> in the one hell? of them, and then what sixteen the in the Cincinnati? other. Yeah, yeah so they he... just yeah they they made him active and then didn't play him. Yeah, but so if he played the whole season, he was on pace for one hundred and twenty targets, eighty catches. Um, so obviously he's a number two to mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, and he's he's not going to get as much run. Um, but I think that he's in a significant, a significantly better offense with a significantly better quarterback and a significantly better wide receiver on the other side that will take stuff off the field or essentially take, um, cornerbacks that would play one-on-one away from him, opening things up for T Higgins. And he's also a, he's a ball hawking touchdown machine, um, when he's on. So um, I love T Higgins and I think, I think, you know, for the sake of this argument, um, Chris Olavi definitely has that breakout potential. And, and I think that, yeah, I think you def- could, he might have a higher ceiling. Yeah, he definitely has a higher ceiling. Um, so it's tougher, but for me, I'm going to go with the floor play here because I think if, if Derek Carr blows, yeah, like the bottom falls out for um, uh, New Orleans, and the bottom yeah. falls out for Chris Olave, especially right. if if the double whammy happens where the offense blows and Michael Thomas is getting a majority of the targets. Like yeah, there he could actually be a, plays. It could be a double true. whammy of that Chris Olave getting killed. So there's a lot of there's a lot of upside with Chris Olave, which is why we like him as a league winner and a breakout and all that stuff. And there's also a lot of negatives to him. So meanwhile, we know Higgins on a point per game basis is going to be like 11 or 12 consistent. So like that's, and if you're talking or even about higher, like 10, like when, if you're talking about where you would draft T Higgins, it depends on what you did in the first couple of rounds. So like if you drafted T Higgins in the, you know, I mean, if you drafted like a, a solid, like a Cooper cup in the first round, mm-hmm. then yeah, you probably go Chris Olave in the second or third round thinking like, okay, you know, I'm going to get my breakout. You have a number one. Yeah, I, I got right. a guy that's consistent. But if you drafted a running back in the first round, for example, and you go into the second round, unless you're feeling frisky biscuits, you know, and you go <laughs> Chris Olave, um, you kind of want somebody that's going to be a stable, you know, wide receiver. So if I go Chris Olave in the second round as a risky pick, maybe I turn around in the third and go T Higgins if he's available that far. Right. Um, yeah. so, I mean, you know, I, that's my big thing. Like Chris Olave is really, really good. And I think he's going to be good this year, but I'm going to go with the safer play here with T Higgins, but it really depends on how the draft is playing out. Yeah, no, I pretty much agreed with everything you said. Uh, this one is like, it's still tough cause they are neck and neck for me, but at the same time, I, I would pretty comfortably go with T Higgins. Mm-hmm. Um, cause even though Olave does have a, I think a slightly higher ceiling, the floor for Higgins is like very high. Yeah. Um, we know what T Higgins is. Uh, we know he's going to produce at a, at a very high level where Olave, we think that, but you know, we aren't a hundred percent sure we, we have two full seasons now 
with evidence with T. Higgins, with Joe Burrow, and that offense is not different at all. It is the exact same offense, same coaching staff, same personnel, same quarterback. So you, you're pretty comfortable with drafting Higgins there. Um, well, Olave, you're also comfortable, but there is some risk factor to it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, all right, number four, J.K. Dobbins or Damian Pierce. This is a tough one, Rick. Take it's it away. One. This is a real gross one. Um, I'm going to go for now. This And this one could change as the offseason goes along because there's some talks with uh, contract issues and everything. But I am going to go J.K. Dobbins. Uh, the reason being is I think now being a full year removed from his injury, I think he's a slightly, you know, as a prospect, at least he was a better prospect. Um, he, he had a better year. He had a really, really good year one. And in the limited time that we've seen J.K. Dobbins in the NFL, mm-hmm. he has been um, really, really efficient. As a rookie, he averaged six yards a carry. And then last year, he averaged 5.6, uh, 5.65 yards per carry. So that's ridiculous. That's like top of the league. Um, he's a super efficient runner. I think he's on a better offense. There's just both these guys have concerns. I think Damian Pierce, it's kind of the opposite. Like, he, I think we know what we're going to get with Damian Pierce. And I like Damian Pierce. I think he's solid. He's a good RB2. I'd be okay with him drafting him. But I think Dobbins has the higher upside. Um, and when we're talking like later rounds, I'm definitely going to take the upside guy where Olave and Higgins is like, you're still kind of building it's in your first three picks. You still want to make sure you have really good players. Um, and when it's that close, when it comes to like the fifth round and you're talking about your RB two or maybe even RB three at this point, I'll take JK Dobbins. I'll take the higher upside. So you want to know what's funny? What's up? My rankings. So they're 50 and 51 respectively on ADP. My rankings have them at 21 and 22. Oh, interesting. Who's 21? And I'm kind of flip-flopping. I might change this. Oh. Actually, it's funny. I have them 19 and 20. So Who did you take? I'm a little higher. I have J.K. Dobbins. Okay. I have a J.K. Dobbins, too. Okay. Um, Pierce is going to be good, I think. Um, I, I, I'm yeah. I'm not liking I, Pierce. I don't hate Pierce. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. <sighs> I just, I just know if I'm on the board, I'm probably taking Dobbins ahead of him. Yeah, I, I think Dobbins, I mean, do they still have Gus Bus over there? They do. Okay. They do still have the Gus Bus. Yeah, he's dead a little bit. Um, Both these guys really don't have any competition in their backfield, so they're both going to get a lot of work. The question is which one's going to be more efficient. Considering yep. that, like, the reason why I'm kind of flip-flopping a little bit right now is because Pierce is like a – you know, I don't know. I'm curious as to why I ranked J.K. Dobbins ahead of Damian Pierce originally. I'm, I'm trying to think back as to why I made that decision. But Pierce is healthy. Yeah. I mean, not that Dobbins isn't. He had a good season last year, and he finished the season healthy, correct? Uh, he did. He did finish year. He started. He started kind of. He started off with the injury, mm-hmm. then started slow, then got injured again. And then the end of the season, he was healthy and played well. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This is a tough one. It is a tough one. You know, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go Damian Pierce. Um, oh, you're flip flopping on me. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go okay. Damian Pierce. So I'm Pierce Pierce had he was a really good 
really good player last year. It actually kind of surprised me because I thought he was going to be um, mid in every sense of the word, and people were hyping him way too high up, and he actually kind of paid off um, a little bit. He he's on my fantasy some, team. <laughs> what'd you say? Oh, he's he was on, on my fantasy yeah, he's team. On your fantasy team. Um, and he had, he had, like I said, he had a really decent season his rookie year. He did miss some time last year, um, to injury. Uh, and I wanted to give out the paced out numbers. So, uh, he did not play week 15, 16, 17 and 18, but he was on pace for 1,228 uh, rushing yards, 216 receiving yards, and a total of six touchdowns on the season. Um, so he was, he was on pace for some pretty good numbers, pretty decent numbers. Obviously, the efficiency is not going to be there in Houston as much as it will be with J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. But I right. do think this is a dude that will probably hit 325 to 350 like touches, and they're going to force feed him, and there's not really anyone else there to take away from what he's doing. I also think that if Stroud has a decent season, um, and their offense is somewhat efficient, there could be good things for Damian Pierce in the future. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins is with Lamar Jackson and all that stuff. The only thing that concerns me with J.K. Dobbins, because like I said, this is very close. Like, I feel like I'd be sitting on the board looking at these two players, and i take a wide receiver because I don't want to make the decision. Um, it's just so freaking like razor-thin close. But like with yeah. J.K. Dobbins, there's a concern for me that this new offensive coordinator is coming in and he said that he wants to pass more. Right. And if Lamar's rushing it and they're passing a lot, where's the rushing upside for rushing touchdowns for Dobbins? You know what I mean? Whereas Stroud's going to sit in the pocket and throw the ball. Cause that's what he does. And Pierce is going to get rushing touchdowns. So I'm going to take Pierce. I'm going to stick with it. We'll, we'll take no, that's um, that's fair. All right, there you go. That that was hard. That was not an easy one. <laughs> that was the that was put, my uh, we put it on the list, and Rick said gross. That was my Jerry Judy Watson. I was going back and forth with that one. Yeah, yeah. So that was I'll, that one. For I'll you. take Damian Pierce. It's very close. I should probably adjust my rankings uh, accordingly. Um, but anyway, all right. I think this one is close too. But I, I actually think this is closer than the last one for me. All right, this number five: one. DeAndre Swift or Alexander Madison, Rick? Oh gosh. You want to you want a vomit bucket because we can yeah we can so I looked at my rankings and this is another one that I think could change based on projections but it's super gross and I don't want to do this but I'm gonna say Alexander Madison and the reason being is Swift just concerns me so much with his mm-hmm. injury history there's like four running backs there with the Eagles yeah I think his ceiling is for sure higher. I, I don't think that that's um, that's in question for me, mm. but his floor is just so much lower. Like I think Madison, they could go in a split backfield, which I've talked about, or they might bring in a veteran, which I think would change this conversation. Yeah. Um, but as it, it it stands right now, even if they do a split backfield, I think he's going to get the first crack, and he probably will have a good floor, and he's in a an offense where. Um, as a potential, you know, not a, he won't be a true workhorse, but as someone who could get like, you know, 200 carries and lead the backfield, um, he's in a good enough offense where he will have success doing that. Mm-hmm. He'll also have some passing work with Kirk cousins, dumping it off to him. So I think Madison, although he's not, um, a sexy pick and I think can be overhyped, um, isn't too, too bad. 
Uh, and Swift, who I think his ceiling is higher, and obviously he's a more explosive player. I think he's a better player. He's in a good offense. He's just fighting with Rashad Penny. He's fighting with Kenneth Gainwell for passing work. He's fighting, you know, they're going to use Boston Scott at random times like they always do. Jalen Hurts will get some goal line carries. Like there's just so much going on there with the Eagles that concerns me with Swift, not to mention his injury history. So if both were on the board, I'd probably take Madison and then throw up in a bucket. <laughs> That's great. Um, all right. My rankings have uh, DeAndre Swift at 19 and Alexander Madison at 23. Um, oh, so not even close for you. I'm curious what the um, – because there had to be some kind of adjustment here on the ECR. I have Madison at 21 and Swift at 22. Madison is currently 22 lower. on ECR and DeAndre Swift at 26. So I'm a little higher on Swifty Swift. Um, yeah, I would take Swift. I don't, I don't feel like it's particularly close for me. Um, Madison, I while I think he's gonna he's gonna be a solid pick, and I think he's gonna produce effective yardage. And when he's come in for D- Dalvin Cook. He has produced well. Um, yeah. I don't know that with a full season where defensive coordinators are watching him run the ball. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think that it's going to be the same as him coming in midseason and you know filling in for a couple of games for Dalvin Cook. I think this could be a this could be a player. Like I said, I still think he's going to do decent. I still think he's going to be a good pick. But I think Madison could be a guy that comes in. And starts the season well, and then fades off towards the back end, um, and sure. and that he ends up being a lot worse than people anticipated. And by the time we start next season, uh, or by the time we start the off season, I should say, um, that they're talking about you know Minnesota going and finding a running back because their running back situation wasn't good. Um, I'm trying to think of a comparable where a running back left and everyone bought into their backup. Because there's two situations where that hap- that's happening this year, and and it's in the same division. Khalil Herbert with the with the Chicago Bears. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, but Herbert at least isn't being hyped. Like he's still like a late round pick. Madison is being hyped. Into yes, like a- right. It's because Madison has shown in 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 spurts when Dalvin Cook was not on the field. And he was hurt. He's always been such a handcuff. Yeah, he's been a great handcuff. So I think that's right. what people are kind of looking at right now. And I think there's just it the the Bears drafted somebody. The Vikings I think did as well, but it was late. So mm-hmm. it, it's the kind of like they didn't. That's also a lot of vacated like Dalvin Cook had two hundred and sixty four carries last year. Like that is a lot of vacated yeah, a lot of worships. So I mean I could see them I could see them splitting. I do. I think. I think there. It's not. Madison's not getting all of that, Mm -hmm. but I do think it'll be enough where he has a floor. But I do kind of agree with you. I, I'm not excited to take Madison. I definitely would take Dobbins or Pierce, Miles Sanders, some of those other guys over him. But um, Swift just scares me. Yeah. um, So I guess the reason why I would take Swift is because, like, if he stays healthy, that's the that's the big thing. If he stays healthy. I think he's a better, more talented version of of um, Miles Sanders, and I think yeah. he kind of lucked out in the situation that he got traded to. And the, the, I think the Eagles got a steal, 
Um, and I think this is a guy that they kind of have wanted. You know what I mean? Like Sanders was supposed to be a pass catching running back that could do things in open space. And it really didn't turn into anything. Um, and he's like, he still was really good, but I don't think he's been nearly as good as Swift when he's been on the field. So I think that, you know, because he's, I think he's, he's going to get the Sanders workload, but because of his efficiency, I think he'll earn more reps than Miles Sanders had, if that makes sense. Um, so, but we're talking about a dude who I think is going to be like, where did I have him ranked? 15. Oh, that's not right at all. Sorry. Hold on. I got to find my rankings. Um, I had in 2019. So, um, you know, I think he's a guy who could finish anywhere between 13 and 20. And, um, I think he'll be in the higher, like if I had to make a projection and project out, I think Swift would go a little higher than 19. There's just running backs. I like ahead of him. Um, so, you know, to me, it's like, I, I think Swift will be better than Madison. I think he has a higher ceiling and I think he has a higher potential. So all of that put together, like, uh, I don't really know what the play would be with Alexander Madison. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, is it, it wouldn't be a ceiling play. It wouldn't be a floor play. Really. It would just be like, uh, well, if this guy ends up being like Dalvin cook, which is highly unlikely, um, you know, he'll produce. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of like, I'll take Swift. That's fair. Is that all the questions we have? That is. All right. Draft day decisions, man. There was like a couple of hard ones in there. Yeah. We, we basically asked me to choose between my two boys. <laughs> I don't like that. I know. I don't like that. Um, that was your, your call though. All right, there you go. Hard draft day decisions. You're going to run into a lot of these as you draft. Practice, 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 and know who you're going to take on draft day. We'll talk to you later, guys. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.